0: DTCM. Hello and good day. On Daryl Teague's Creative Mind, we discuss art theory and art concepts. In this episode, we're going straight into the eye of the storm of art to discover the elements and principles of art. If you like this, please check out my other articles, podcasts, and videos regarding art theory and art concepts. I would like to define the elements and principles first. The elements are what an artist can do with the materials that they have. Artists have color. We can create lines, suggest shapes, portray value, create form, and make texture, and also pay attention to space. Here is a list of the elements of art. We have line, shape, color, value, form, Texture, space, time, and emotion. The principles go deeper and they are the questions that the artist has to answer with the elements. The principles of art are balance, emphasis, movement, proportion, rhythm, unity, and variety. The principles suggest questions such as how much color do I use? What kind of shapes do I portray? And the idea to the artist is, what do I do with the materials that I have now? And what way do I use the materials that I practice how to use, that I know how to use? So naturally, the elements come first and then the principles. So the principles focus on the composition and design, which both refer to the use of the principles and how are we going to use the elements so we can push them through the principles and that is what we create as art. So when the artist uses the principles they are creating on composition. And I want to start this series with the elements. I wanted to start with the elements because I think they are simpler than the principles and as I said before they come first. And I think it'll help us better understand the principles later. I think it'll be fun because the elements have nine and the principles have seven parts to them. With a total of 16 subjects to cover, I'll spread them over a couple of podcast episodes, a couple of articles, as not overload you right away. So let's start. It is because of these 16 constituents of art that help artists like me be so unique. And artists like my friends and the people I see online, they're so unique, that's not taken into account their own creativity or the dispositional context furthermore there are specific things that artists can do with each element and principle which furthers their ability to create more creative things so you have each principle you have color form texture all of that but there are how many textures could you create you know a, a, a billion trillion whatever how many colors are there so there are many different uh... dynamics to each part of art and th- there are a lot of ways that an artists can utilize those to create something for the audience, for the for the visual learner, or for um, anyone who sees the art, of course. And I, I know we've been ranting off for a little bit, but I want to focus on a specific element today. And that is color. And color holds a special place in the elements. And I think that is because it is the only element that you, the listener, knows without anyone teaching you. You already know what color is, and you know a lot about it. I bet most of you even have a favorite color, which is so interesting because you don't typically have a favorite element of art, like line, or form, or texture, or shape, typically. Those are elements that aren't favorited. So we all have a connection to the elements in the first place, and I think that color affects our mood, affects our psyche, dynamically in our emotions and our bodies. I have a colored LED light right next to my desk, right next to me right now, and it helps illuminate the room in different colors so it can help me get into my creative space. And you see right now I'm changing it from a green. I'm going to go straight to, uh, I like red, I'm going to go red. So creativity and the process of creating a space or a location that that allows you to be your most creative self in your most creative state. The color in the room helps me do that, and it comes from the LED strip and the LED, LED bulb, and the color makes me calm. It puts me in an in a, in a immediate mood of bliss. The thoughts of stress from the day dull because of the lights. I change the color every hour or half an hour, and it helps me sustain my flow state. There are so many things that color does for us and our minds and I quote here from an old art textbook it's called living with art and it's by Mark Gatlin Gatlin I'm sorry if I cannot pronounce that Gatlin Baker Miller pink it's a shade of pink and it has been shown to calm agitated and aggressive behavior blue lighting in Tokyo has been shown to reduce the number of suicide attempts in certain areas in a German study suggests that the color of green can boost creativity. Wonderful, huh? So, quoting directly from the book there, and now moving on, you can see that this idea of color, you know, it's in our lives every day. You can see it in our fast food restaurants like McDonald's and the Burger Kings. You see the warm colors, yellow, orange, red, and the colors are supposed to alert you and trigger your hunger and your senses. And the cooler colors make you calmer. They don't, incite your senses as much. So we see every day that color is inside of our homes and outside of our homes. So I would like to move on to what color is and use some interesting facts and observations about it. And we have Isaac Newton to thank (laughs) going back into science, so I'm sorry. We have Isaac to thank for helping us understand the visible spectrum and helping in the creation of the color wheel and that helps artists create what they do. He used sunlight through a prism, which refracted the light from the sun, which means it split up and divided the light into different colors in the visible spectrum. So Isaac Newton saw this and went on to experiment with it. He redirected the colorful light into another prism, which then reflected white light. So he proved that color is light, and the combination of colors create light and create white. So he proved that color is light and that the combination of these colors create a white color. And that's only partly true and we'll discuss that soon. The colors that Isaac saw through a prism are the same colors in the rainbow and I'll list them from top to bottom. We have red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet. And with that we can create a color wheel. And the color wheel is shaped exactly like a face clock. So, think of all 12 numbers on a clock, and each number represents the color, a color, a color in this case. So, I'll start with a 12 o'clock position and go clockwise, listing all the colors. So, I'll we'll start with yellow on the top. We have yellow, green, green, blue, green, blue, blue, violet, violet, red, violet, red, red, orange, orange, and then yellow, orange. It's a little repetitive, but the distinction of these colors has a name and that is hue we classify colors in three main categories we have primary colors secondary colors and intermediate slash tertiary colors so our primary colors include our red yellow and blue and the secondary are orange green and violet that is the visible spectrum that I just listed not too long ago and you have tertiary colors which are all the colors in between the yellow-orange, the blue-violet, the green-yellows, okay? And we have Newton's finding that black is not in the visible spectrum. And it's it's crazy because you see that influence many artists' decisions. You know, in, in past artists, you see 19th century and, and sometimes artists today, artists have stopped using black in their works altogether. And... I, you know, I've been warned about using black in my own works because it can make it, you know, too dark. Your paint can be too dark. Your, your drawing can be too dark, and it, it affects the color and the value, and it makes things muddy, and you can't, you can't really see, you know, the shapes and everything you're trying to portray. So if your drawing or your painting is too dark, your audience won't be able to see what you want them to see. And even, you know, with paint especially, if you, if you add too much black to a color that you've mixed, you can ruin the color that you've mixed. And it's really hard to get a color that you have mixed because unless you, you're measuring the colors that you're using, it's hard to get exactly the same two shades. You're using X amount of blue and X amount of yellow to create whatever color. It's a, it's a toss-up to see if you're going to actually create that exact same shade every time you mix those two colors. Unless you're, you know, finely measuring them. It's crazy because I had this experience about, you know, color, black and white and the mixing of colors. And I had this experience in my life a long time ago. My grandmother had taught me that black is the color of every single color just combined together. Conglomerate of all colors. And she saw this from her own observations as she, you know, mixed colors and her own palette because, you know, she was an artist herself. And she found that it would be a dark gray, a black, or a dark brown if she mixed all of her colors. And she figured that even different types of colors, if she had more and more colors, she could eventually make a black. And she also observed that she had no color on the paper, the white paper. She she thought that was the absence of color. And the funny thing is, she's only half right. And years later, I had a debate with someone that I used to know about the same thing. They claim that black is not in the color spectrum and white is and that all the colors combined is not black it is in fact white we were both correct in theory but we were both half right <laughs> so i'll set it straight here color shown through a prism using light from the sun is refracted light which creates a white light that is the sum of all colors of light and there is no such thing as black light you have the the black light that lights everything up. That's just what it's called. It's it's I don't know what that is, but it's not actually. You can't have black light. That that's actually just darkness. This concept is typically used in film, video, camera, and a digital type of lighting. The type of color that we are talking about as artists are is pigment color, and that is the color that we have. As artists, that's the physical materials that we use and they're tangible, the paint, charcoal, colored pencils, and the ink. And the sum of all the pigment colors are the darkest grays, darkest browns, or even black. And as we all know, and in this art podcast, we'll stick to the mindset of using and observing pigment color. So if you have no pigment color, then you have the color white. And it's completely the opposite of, of color with light. If you understand those two things, you understand a lot more about color in the color wheel. And moving back to the color wheel, we know it's a clock. And for artists, it's it's actually wise to spread your paints in the same formation as the color wheel on your palette. It's helpful to mix colors that way, and it helps you like not mix so many different colors together. And with me, like I put, I tend to put my paint like wherever I find a free spot on the paint. Or if it's dry paint, I just throw it on there. And it's a bad habit because it's starting to mix a lot of colors together. And it makes my painting process a little, you know more sluggish. And I also am losing space for mixing. So I've been trying to use the color wheel in my uh, palette as I'm painting lately. So you know in using using the color wheel, we can define properties of color. And I mentioned hue earlier, but we have hue, value, and intensity. So hue, is the name of the exact colors on the color wheel. Yellow, yellow, yellow-orange, red-violet. Value is defined as the lightness or darkness of a color. And intensity is a little harder to understand as it deals with the dimness and brightness of a color. And that sounds exactly the same as a light or dark like value, but I can clarify it further. In the color wheel, Think of hues as a clockwise or counterclockwise movement around the wheel, around a clock. And remember, that's yellow, yellow-green, green, green, -green, blue-green, etc. Then think of value as adding a white or a black pigment to any color on the wheel. And then think of intensity as adding specifically a gray or a complement of a particular color. So the complement of a color is a color that is the opposite of it on the color wheel. So think of it as the same as the 12 o'clock space on the clock and the opposite of the 6 on the clock. So on the color wheel, the 12 can be a yellow, and the 6 opposite will be always violet. And the two are complements or opposites of each other. Other complements are green and red, blue and orange, yellow, green, green, and red-violet. Furthermore, you mixing hues counterclockwise or clockwise changes the intensity. So colors that are close together, like yellow, green, and green, have a higher intensity when they are mixed. However, colors that are further away, like green and yellow, orange, result in a darker brown or grayish muddy color. So the trick is, if you want a brighter color, then you mix a combination of hues and white that are close together, if you want a darker color you mix a color that is further away from the color on the color wheel or you mix a black or a gray i have a few videos of me showing mixing of colors you can see what happens when you make specific colors on the color wheel and i'll put those on my instagram my twitter and my linkedin moving on finally from the color wheel we can focus on color harmony so you see harmony in colors that are two or more colors in one composition and as I mentioned before, we have the principles of art that the artist thinks about in order to create a composition. So when an artist has a color harmony, they are using the colors that, colors that they have available, which are two or more. And it's interesting because you can create with monochromatic colors, or you can use complement harmonies. So you have monochromatic colors have variation in value, intensity, and hue, as I mentioned before. And the complement harmony does not mix colors, but only uses the complements in the same scheme. So think of a painting that is only blue and orange, using those colors to intensify each other because they are complements. In painting monochromatically, for instance, moving in a clockwise or counterclockwise motion is using an analogous color pattern. In addition, if you use three colors that are equidistant from each other on the color wheel, that is called a triadic color pattern. It may sound like gibberish, I know, but it matters in the composition in art when you're painting. So if I can simplify this further for you, you have complement harmony, you're gonna take opposite colors in the color wheel and you're gonna splat them on the on the canvas or on a drawing. And you're typically not gonna mix those two colors. So think of red and green. You're gonna throw those on the canvas. You're not always gonna mix those together. You might a little bit, but you're gonna have a prominent green and a prominent red and those two will make each other pop because they're opposites. And then you have monochromatic. So we can do is you can you can vary you can vary it in value, intensity and hue. So you have your red instead of your green, you have red and orange and yellow. So you throw those on the canvas and you're going to change your value. So you can change your dark you're gonna change your red into a dark red, like a maroon, adding a little bit of Of black and you're gonna mix that together it's gonna make a darker red and then you want to change maybe the intensity so you're going to add yellow and gray and that will change the intensity of your gray so that is a monochromatic color scheme or color like process that you would use in paint and the other was a complement harmony using opposites on the color wheel and not mixing them and with color, it's so interesting with artists. It's not something that I've ever practiced and it's something that I will start. You can have a certain number of colors on a restricted palette. Or a palette that only has four colors that the artist is allowing themselves to use on a particular painting. And that, that limitation brings forth so much creativity. It's hard to explain. When you have that limitation, you are forced to use what you have in creative ways. So it, it makes for very interesting art and when you do that your outputs tend to be different. On an open palette system it gives the artist a full range of colors to use. And you know many people think that you can use all or any of the colors to create any piece of art. But however you know the reality is many great works have a very limited color palette. And they might use a triadic or maybe a complement harmony type of delivery. So I want to move on to uh, the use of optical color mixture. That's the use of colors that are close together. And from afar, they kind of look like a different color. So that's like using like tiny dots to create shapes and colors. And the style is called pointillism, which is using tiny dots to create an image. And the artist does this by stippling with their materials. And so, so think of pointillism as the what an artist is doing. And the stippling is how they achieve the style. Stippling is how artists portray value and shape. The distance of the dots of a pen, a pencil, or a paintbrush, the distance from them matters. If dots are close together, then it seems to increase the value, makes it darker. Or if the dots are further away, then it portrays a lighter value. You can create a pattern with the dots as well, and you can create shapes that way. I have a few stippling pieces. I have one John Lennon piece I should put up on my social. It already is on one Instagram, but I can uh, repost it so everybody can find it easier. And I definitely want to do some more, um, drawing some lines and doing some some cool painting things. So uh, stippling is definitely in my future and hopefully it is uh, for you. And I would like to move on to my last point on color. That is the use of color with human emotion. And how it really connects to us, you know. As I said, you know, before, typically no one has a favorite element besides color, and we put a lot of meaning into color. And each color has a meaning to us. Red means passion. White is purity. Yellow can mean corruption. Yeah, <laughs> you know, think of the colors in *The Great Gatsby*. When we, what we taught in school, like those colors meant something in the story and to the people and as readers we were allowed to interpret that in any way that we were allowed to that that we allowed ourselves to at least and the colors were there to emphasize that meaning of the color is everywhere it's not just you know in one spot i think that i'm definitely going into the into the book of great Gatsby, but like a lot of the colors in the book are reoccurring and it's it's, it's an amazing thing that we do with color. Think of Starry Night and how Van Gogh had created that. It was a mixture of color, but not exactly realism because the town and the sky that Van Gogh saw is not exactly what he put on canvas. It's filtered through his, his creativity. Just like, as I mentioned before in my other podcast episodes about creativity, Van Gogh had to take in the signs or the outside stimuli that what he saw, and then he had to put that on canvas. And the colors he used to portray that, you know, came from inside of him, and it seemed to move a lot of people. And think of even something simpler, the colors of the holiday lights. (laughs) It's it's november 2019 at the time of this podcast at this recording and the holiday season is upon us and we're going to see a lot of red and green lights which are two compliments by the way we see that everywhere and that means christmas holiday season and i think we hold color to very high regard as people and i think that people will continue to pay attention to color whether you're a creative person or if you're not a creative person, if you consider yourself that or not. And I think that it's one of those simple, sweet things about life that we enjoy. Thank you for reading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I implore creative people to show me the creative work that you consider most colorful and some that you consider maybe not so colorful. And I would love to see what you make. And also, I would love to give a shout-out to Paintings by Anthony. The Twitter handle is A-R-T-B-Y-S-A-L. And I seriously had to make the shout-out because when I started to think about color, this dude's art shot itself into my mind. So it's something pretty cool. Go take a look. And uh, thank you for your time. My social media links are listed. Come talk to me. Bye.